Welcome to episode 15 of Hobnails, Hoops, and Hide Shedder. This is Danny Rucker with Emory Kane and Christian Britt. Guys, did you think a month and a half ago we'd be doing 15 episodes by now? We've not even been doing this two months, and we've been doing 15 episodes. What do you guys feel? How do you guys feel about that so far? How how do you think we've done so far in our amateur podcast here? I think I think we've done pretty good. We've we've got quite a quite a few guys that listen to us uh, every time we put one out, and we get I've multiple people commenting and suggesting things almost every time we do it. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised with the feedback we get and how many people I know that listen to it, you know, both episodes, you know, basically the next day they come out or by the end of the week. So, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty impressed. I think it's cool that we're right. We've been able to do two episodes a week and pump out those episodes like that. And I think the plan is to keep doing it. And I think it just gets easier and better from here. So I agree. Still trying, to, one stalker still, too. still trying to, what's that? You, so oh, you did get the stalker. The gym, yeah. Yeah. Gym Still stalker. trying to carve out our niche too. We got a lot of signature segments that we've kind of come up with most of those things and uh, mm-hmm. kind of keep those throughout the whole thing. We've got another one that we're going to do uh, fades of the week. I thought about calling this one the double fade parlay um, instead of just the fades of the week. And I'm going to talk about that at the end because if you went uh, with my parlay the other day, if you would have gone the opposite of those four, you would have won. I, I missed all four of those legs <laughs> last night in the Colts game. Uh, so that's another segment that we're going to add uh, to that. We're going to recap this draft that we did on the best Christmas movies. Uh, Christian won, and I was up. I was up by about two votes with, I want to say, about an hour left, and all of a sudden. Christian gets five votes and overtakes me on that. I, I think it was only three votes. I thought you beat me by three. I don't think I think I only beat you by one or two votes. Oh well, well whatever you did, whatever whoever you recruited, so, they, so they did a good job. Here, here's uh, my recruitment story, okay? So I recruited my brother, who should be one of the first people to vote. He's been, you know, he should have been listening since day one. Absolutely. And and, and when I recruited him, he looked at the picks and literally almost voted for you rucker so it almost it almost it almost bit me in the butt and i was at a christmas party friday night and i recruited two people i said hey i know you've listened before but i don't think you you ever interact on twitter so you should go check this out i think you know i was like if you like the grinch go vote they both voted for you they both like christmas (laughs) vacation so much so in my total recruitment numbers i recruited two people for you and one person for myself well so i'm gonna say this i I thought it was a little unethical that you're going around recruiting people for votes. And and to the five people that I texted two hours before the voting end, don't tell Christian that I did that. <laughs> Listen, what, basically what we found out here is that if you if you stand against Jim Carrey and you throw hate at Jim Carrey, then then his fans are going to come out and, and show their support. And and that's that's really the MVP of the draft is Jim Carrey and the Grinch. And I well, also – funny, funny that you mentioned – a lot of creepy people out there. <laughs> it does. And funny that you mentioned that, Christian, because I went on our our website, Internet Movie Database, and I wanted Uh-oh. to see how the stars uh, lined up, literally, for these movies. And the one that should have been really ticked off is Emory, because Emory had the statistically yeah. best movie draft. I thought he, I had the best. The four the movies, listen to this, the four movies you picked, Emory, had a combined 30.9 stars compared to Christian's, who was last out of the three of us, 26.7 stars. So almost like an entire star per movie better 
than yeah. Christians. I was in the middle at 28.6, but Emory, you had two of the three best on your list, and Emory's lowest was equal to Christian's highest um, movie. So, my uh, Emory, your picks were your highest was a Charlie Brown Christmas 8.4, a Christmas Story mm-hmm. 7.9. Home Alone, 7.6, and then The Christmas Chronicles was 7.0. Christian, yours was Elf and Bad Santa were 7.0. And then you had two of the three worst statistically. <laughs> the Santa Claus had 6.5, and yes, you guessed it. Jim Carrey's Grinch was the lowest out of all of the, the 12 that we picked. <laughs> 6.2 stars. And, and you picked that in the first round. And he picked it first round. And I had Rudolph was 8 Christmas Vacation was 7.6. Polar Express, 6.6. And Dr. Seuss's Grinch, the new one, 6.4. Your Grinch was the worst of all three of the Grinches. And that with that... to show you how inaccurate you, that website is. It goes to show you how diverse, I don't know if diverse is the right word, your followers are. Uh, maybe it's just because... I think, uh, all your followers are about 10 years younger than Emory and I. Maybe y'all liked that, that kind of thing, the Grinch, the creepy Grinch. I don't know. Maybe they don't really. They, maybe so, they're not, so I they asked a lot of people. How good movies are. They don't, they don't, I, they I asked a lot of people is. about what they thought about all of our picks. And they, they did, a lot of people did say Emory had the best classics, but that they weren't the most enjoyable to watch. They weren't, most of them weren't that funny. And they were just kind of I like, wasn't going for funny. I was going it wasn't I, funny I, as I, Christmas movies. That, hey, that's fine. Christmas yeah. movies. That's fine. It's just that's not what pulled in the votes is all, is all I'm saying. And I did. I had a lot of people. I told them that you you were you both thought that Jim Carrey's Grinch was creepy, the creepiest movie. And almost collectively, everyone unanimously I asked said that Polar Express was a creepier movie than Jim Carrey's The Grinch, <laughs> which is what I said on this last podcast. Yeah, I guess I was kind of blindsided by that, just like you were blindsided by us saying Jim Carrey's Grinch was creepy. Because in no way do I think Polar Express is creepy. Don't it's about that. I think it's, it's about weird animation who and sneak out at night and get picked up by a train. I mean, how crazy is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they get on the train with the conductor who sings with them. I don't see anything creepy about this at all. <laughs> so, Emory, you should have been the one really mad at this. I feel Statistically, like you had the best draft. Of, of the I thought I had the best draft like coming out of it. And then now I really feel like I got the shaft after hearing hearing that about the internet movie. Yeah. Database, so. so, Christian won, and the uh, current rankings now – uh, Christian's actually in the lead here. He is, he has 38. Emory, you had 37, and then Carolina lost yesterday, bumping you to 36, and I only have 30. Uh, so we, um, you're still you're right there. So if you win the next draft, you could possibly overtake. You guys are. It's going to be a battle between you two, unless I can come up with some miracle here and overtake you in the next couple of drafts before Christmas or before the New Year, which is very unlikely because my tastes are a lot different than. Seems like the voters' taste. I, I, I don't. I can't. I can't do anything to connect with the people. I need to. You guys need to. You guys need to give me some pointers. I can't connect with the audience. I think they just love to hate me. I even said that in our message. I think everybody's just spite doing this to spite me. Well, I think going is, what is, I the, is the plan to stop stop putting the names of who picked what. <laughs> I the, thought about it because I, I th- sometimes I think, I think people don't listen to the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, you're going to know anyways. But if yeah. you're just on Twitter and you're just going by, you know what we say, that's not a bad idea just to see who would vote for what yeah. list you would vote for. So I may do that today just to see idea. if it would be any different. And then if you listen to the podcast, you know who who votes for who. But most of the time, if you see a, a poll on Twitter like that, you're not going to go, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till Thursday when I listen to the podcast to see you know, why they pick these. We just already say, I pick these four, Christian picks these four, and they just go, oh, click. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. We'll do that. 
Uh, we're going to recap the Tennessee-Memphis game on Saturday. That game never existed. <laughs> Memphis, uh, Memphis canceled an hour before tip-off because of COVID issues with the team. Did you guys hear how many people had COVID on the team, according I, to the report? Two. It two. was two. It was two. And then everybody else. I don't know, but no, uh, there was a tweet, that I, a tweet that I saw was there was speculation about a party that the Memphis players attended. And I, I, I did a little bit more digging on Twitter, and that person actually verified that it wasn't necessarily a party. It was an alumni event for the University of Memphis that they were at. So it wasn't really a party, but it was a gathering of people and uh, – so I, I guess that they were because they were there and close contact with each other, they had to cancel. But I mean, who cancels the game an hour before tip off when everybody's there? That's I don't think that's happened yet this year, has it? No, I don't I think mean, it has. That's something, an hour that's, before. that's something an AAU coach would do. Mm-hmm. What which, a, is, which is why that's why the AAU coach did it. That's why it's why old Penny AAU born and raised. I would assume that they get tested in the morning, not like an hour yeah. before the game. <laughs> Well, why test them an hour before the game? Like, why are you going to do that? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm assuming they, they knew way before an hour before the game. I'm, yeah, I'm we, I mean, they got tested um, yesterday morning. Who who tests them? Is it the team test them or does the NCAA <laughs> test them really sure at the that, venue? I bet because, you it's a Bridgestone Arena thing. I bet you the you arena so? had it. I think so, yeah. I don't know. It could. I mean, we could be wrong, but I bet you when it's in a neutral it's site like that, because, you, don't, you don't think so? I don't, no, because they would test the fans if it was the arena. Yeah, they'd have to test the fans. So. Oh, that's true. Okay, well maybe it but isn't. It's, it's probably like a um, either a conference thing or a team thing. I, I would assume it's a conference thing, and they have to test every day or every other day. Or, but I'm I'm assuming that they, they test probably like eight or nine in the morning on, on before a game. But that's pointless. You're already there. So if you if you make them test man, already like, get, already driving to Nashville. You yeah. run the risk of them not playing and losing money. That's yeah, but I'm pointless for them. That's how they. Yeah, like every team does that. Every team that's, tests. Right, that's just pointless for them to do that. I think. I think you're losing a lot of money and exposure by doing that. I don't think that they. Is it my? I feel like it's something to do with, like if they're vaccinated. I don't know that they have to test every day, do they? If they're I'm vaccinated, not, I think they only have to test if they have symptoms. I'm not sure how that works. And, and so it came out like I think so. Penny Hardaway came on on record earlier in the season and said that it was his understanding that 90% or more of his players were vaccinated. And when this came out, supposedly what I saw was that after all the COVID protocols, because of how many unvaccinated players he had, only four players would have been able to play by NCAA rules. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's only because two players tested positive. So only two positive cases, but it's because of how many unvaccinated players and so when he was asked about it and how he went, they went from 90% vaccinated to probably less than 50%. You know, in reality, he, his quote was that he, he misspoke. He might've misspoke. And so I, it's just, it feels like, it feels like ultimately it, it probably would have been the same outcome regardless. But the fact that it happened so late and so close to tip off seems like an internal Memphis thing. And it's now, like, are you that, a, that's what happened. Are you a conspiracy theorist here, Christian? Do you think that Memphis was scared and did not want to play this game? I don't think that's it. I, I would love for that to be what comes out and will be true. And I, and I don't think – I think ultimately Penny Hardaway is probably a little glad he didn't have to play it. But I don't think that that's why it actually happened. I think that at the, whether it was announced at 11 o'clock or at 8 a.m., 
the game probably wasn't going to happen because of how many unvaccinated players they had that were mm-hmm. in in misconduct of the the COVID protocols. But I think the fact that it happened so close to tip off and has never not happened all season like that is because of the organization of the Memphis basketball team and their or lack thereof, basically, right. of, of getting everything cleared before the game. And I think that's what falls on them, and that's why that ultimately happened. But I think either way, it would have been canceled, probably. Yeah. I don't think they were scared either. I think they needed to play this game because <clears throat> if if they almost have nothing to lose, everybody's kind of counting them out already. Even though Alabama, they just beat Alabama, they needed to win this game uh, to, to you know push them back in the in the spotlight. I think so. I don't think they people are blaming Penny Hardaway. And I don't think that they didn't want to play this game. I think you hit it on the head when you said it was a lack of organization on their part by that led to them not playing, which is blaming Penny right there. So uh, many, I'd... go ahead, Emery. Uh, sorry. How many, how many more like big time games do they have? Like I know they're not in they, a... they play Houston I... twice. Yeah. Houston I don't think twice. they had many. They that's play a, those are conference twice. games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Oh. Uh, the, the, the next best game on their schedule is Wichita state. Yeah. Who's unranked. Un- so that's them you in their conference too. Uh, I think I, so. But they're unranked if they are. That, yeah, the only ranked right. games were Houston. All the ranked games are Houston. So I mean, like like Danny said, I think that I mean I think they needed a, that game just to play another ranked team and and possibly you know if they beat Tennessee, then they put themselves back. You know they've beaten back to back teams that are ranked, put themselves in back in the conversation. But now they didn't play that, and and Coach Barnes, I said, think I think he said they're not going to make it up. Like there's no chance that's going to be made up this season. So, uh, you know, their only other opportunity to prove themselves is against Houston twice, and Houston's pretty dang good. So I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know how that's. I mean, if they lose both of those games, I I think they miss the NCAA tournament again. Yeah, I mean, it would, if they miss, if they lose both those games, and then drop, you know, two, three other other regular season games that are bad games, then yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it would. I mean, it just depends on how how good the top of the pack is, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, their resume is – I mean, if that happens, like what you just said, their resume is Alabama, and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. it. And, yeah. and their losses are, are bad. I mean, they're bad losses already with a full season to play, basically. Yep. Sticking with some college sports, we're going to go into some college football. we got the Bulls starting up, and uh, one of the topics that we're going to discuss here, well, really the only one about college football – actually, there's, there's another one. Uh, but the first one about college football is the uh, people that are opting out of bowl games, these draft hopefuls that have played their season and they don't want to go through this next couple of weeks of practice to prepare for the draft. Emory, what's your personal feeling on on something like that? Um. Or- when this first started happening, um, I really thought, like, man, these guys are really selfish. Like, why would you not want to finish out the season with your team? Um, but the, as the more I've thought about it, like, I personally would probably play with my team. Um, but I can understand, because it's happened before, I can understand these guys worried about getting injured in a game that – really means nothing you know you're not playing for anything anymore really like you're not playing to get the national championship you're not playing to get um into a playoff you're not playing for an sec or any type of conference championship so i mean you're making these bowls are making money for their schools and for the conferences is basically what what it is so if if these young men think that you know they got a chance to get drafted pretty high and make a 
ton of money right off the bat and probably set a lot of them up with opportunities they've never had before. I don't really blame them for opting out and not playing. Christian, do you agree with that? So I could I could probably talk about this for an hour because of what I, what I think really is the reason why this happens. But I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I used to I used to blame the players and think it was selfish, and I just didn't understand it. Uh, and I've changed my mindset a little bit on it. I think specifically the players that are injury prone or have battled injury or have you know have paid paid their dues. Like for instance, Alante Taylor is one for Tennessee that has battled a lot of injury. This is his chance to get in the NFL, and he's he's not playing in the bowl game for Tennessee. And I'm actually okay with that uh, in that scenario. I think that's okay. What I think is the ultimate problem is because this didn't happen before really the college ball playoff became a thing. So it's because bowl games meant a lot more. I mean, there was obviously there was just the BCS national championship, but then if you were in the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, any of those bowls. I mean, they meant a lot more, and so you didn't see the Christian McCaffreys and all those kind of guys skipping, you know, skipping bowl games. And it's because bowl games now, essentially, if you're not in the college football playoff, mean almost nothing. I mean, they're irrelevant other than giving a big payday for the college that wins um, or the coach that wins or gets in the bowl game. So I think a lot of the argument is around whether or not college football playoff should expand. I think one of the pros for expanding the college football playoff is that it would add more meaningful bowl games again. And if the uh, <clears throat> before the the playoff, though, let's say the uh, national championship game was the Fiesta Bowl. Um, what then? How big was the Rose Bowl then? If it wasn't the national championship, how big was the Rose Bowl? I think it was still big. I mean, the Rose Bowl was a I mean a big game. I mean, I can remember being a Texas fan when they got bumped out of the. Uh, call it the national championship when Oklahoma and Sam Bradford went against Alabama and they shouldn't have gone and they got, you know, they got busted against Alabama and Texas played in the Rose Bowl. And although it was disappointing that they didn't make the championship and they should have, that was Colt McCoy's senior year. It was still a huge game. Like it was, I mean, I remember being excited for it. I remember thinking it was awesome and it didn't feel as much of a letdown that you didn't make the championship because there was only two teams and it, the, the margin of error was so small back then. And it's still pretty small now, but you know you can still get in with two losses in a lot of scenarios and not win your conference. And so, because of that, I think it just get, makes the the rest of the bowl games kind of irrelevant. And if you expand well, the college ball playoff, it'll make a few more of them relevant. And I don't know that the other ones can get less relevant than they already are. Basically, well, to me, a, a bowl game symbolizes <clears throat> that your your team has achieved something this year. So. Just because it's not a high-profile bowl doesn't mean it's not important. So yeah, we've got Tennessee here that's sitting at seven and five. Uh, Christian, you and I are Tennessee football fans. How different is eight and five compared to seven and six when we're talking to recruits coming in? To me, that one game is a big is a big yeah. deal, eight, and you want wins. your guys there. Now, I get it from a personal standpoint. I don't want to get injured, but my argument to that is, well, there's a lot of teams. There's a you know, Texas A&M or an Ole Miss that was eliminated from the SEC championship contention probably in their six SEC games, so should those guys stop playing football because now their games mean nothing. You know, no, it means something. It means something to those guys to play and finish out that year. So if you're going to finish out the year, Part of finishing out that year is finishing that bowl game. But I still think, like, in the you're talking about the finishing the regular season, like, even if you've got your second loss in the SEC West and Alabama 
I mean, Alabama's probably not going to lose. Yeah, you know you're not going to take over Alabama for the championship. I'm just saying Alabama could, let's say something, Bryce Young got hurt. I hope, you know, obviously not wishing that on anybody, but let's say Bryce Young got hurt, their backup quarterback ends up being terrible, they lose two more games. <clears throat> then, you know, Texas A&M is in the – That's I think that's why they keep playing the regular season because there is that possibility that, you know, Alabama could lose two games. I think that's why they keep playing. Um, the, the one thing that – as a as a Georgia fan, it's it's happened to us a couple. You know, we don't make the that college football playoff. We've had guys opt out. I think it also, and that the, the thing that I do think is positive for Georgia or any any team for Tennessee, like Alante Taylor's not playing. You get to see how the next guy up. You know, he gets a chance to start in a in a pretty a, pre, a game against a pretty good opponent. You know, his his first game the next season is not against some rinky-dink team and then all of a sudden he's thrown into the to the wolves you know he's got a chance right now to prove himself um and that's what kind of happened with georgia last year against cincinnati we've had we had guys that had to step in and play big minutes or you know big big time plays against a, a really good cincinnati team who was playing for a lot um and i think it helps those guys develop for this season so i think it's not all i mean obviously you, you want to see your your studs in the in every single game, in every ball game. But I think there's positives both ways for the individuals and for the team, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, that's that's a decent point. I, I get that. I think I think kind of going back to what I, I started with is I, I don't I don't necessarily blame any of the players who are high, high NFL draft hopefuls or, or potential high hopefuls that have been injury prone. But really to me, money. Like it's yeah, money. yeah. But to me, like for an example, like Matt Corral, at, at Ole Miss, he's playing in his bowl game. They have nothing to gain. I mean, he has nothing to gain, really. And if I am an NFL scout or an NFL team, and he's a top one, two, three quarterback coming say, out this year. Say it's him or Pickett you're going with, who's opted out. Pickett's opted out. Yeah. What, which I, one are you going with, Christian? I'm, right now, right now, unless unless Pickett absolutely dominates in the in the uh, in the NFL. Um, uh, What's the combine? combine? Combine, yeah. Sorry, gosh, blanking. Unless he just absolutely has an incredible combine, and Corral comes out and struggles, that that gives me an edge right there. That Matt Corral did that and played that game, and Kenny Pickett, who you know really didn't get a lot of notoriety till halfway through the season, is choosing to sit, and he's not had any injuries. He's completely healthy. So to me, I look at Matt Corral, and I think that guy is the guy I kind of want on my team. He's going to play, you know all the way to the end. I mean, I, I just think it helps you at that point. I think it helps you more to play than it does to hurt you necessarily. I don't think it hurts Kenny Pickett as much as it helps Matt Corral that he's playing and Kenny Pickett's not. Interesting. Interesting thoughts on pretty much all three of us had kind of a different different approach on things. So really interested to hear you guys. Guy, if you're a friends like not getting money guy, like you should definitely play. Like you can only, yeah. you can only help yourself. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're going to the You Got Hobnailed segment. Really been looking forward to this one uh, since last night because North Carolina got hobnailed last night, 98-69 to by Kentucky. Emory, I'm assuming you watched it. Christian, did you watch this game? I watched about 10 minutes of the first half when I, it was still mostly competitive. I watched, I watched this game. Emory, as a coach, give me two things that Carolina did not do that led to them getting hobnailed by Kentucky. 
uh, two things they didn't do. They played zero defense, and they did not rebound. Um, they ended up giving up um, – the rebounding discrepancy was 44 for Kentucky, 26 uh, for Carolina. That's the total. So, Carolina, who is, you know, in the Roy Williams era, uh, is known for, for rebounding, um, especially on the offensive end, got out-rebounded by almost 20. And, then and another the thing Roy's teams always did, too, was get out and transition, offense yeah. or defense, and they did not. Kentucky beat them up the floor yeah. almost every time. Well, the uh, offensive and, rebounding, uh, you know, Carolina's known for offensive rebounding, too. They got out-offensive out rebounded 17-6. to six. And then the points in transition um, – or points off turnovers, which obviously is kind of transition points. Uh, Kentucky beat them 22 to 14. And then Carolina's also known for points in the paint. Um, and Kentucky beat them 54 to 36 on points in the paint. So, I mean, they just got um, – and a lot of that was the points in the paint wasn't from uh, their big guys. It was from just just simple penetration from, you know, straight line drives, not keeping people in front of you. When I was when I was watching this game, you said they didn't play any defense. Two things really stood out to me. They let Wheeler drive to the basket the entire day. I don't know how many yep. he had. He had to have had 24, 22 or yeah, 24. They had a career high. Yeah. yeah, but that was because they, nobody nobody stopped him. Nope. Nobody slid over to stop him. And then on the outside, I couldn't believe they were just letting guys from Kentucky just shoot at will. They weren't even getting out or closing out to shooters. And it was like – I was sitting there watching, and I was like, man, that's stuff my middle school team struggles with. And these are yeah. college basketball players. And you think that if they just kept people in front of them and contested shots, this might be a, an eight-point game instead of a 28-point game. And rebounding. So, and rebounding. It's so, it's so silly. Like, how, how can you not see, like, all, these knowledge, all this knowledge these guys have for, uh, for basketball, how can you not see that, man, if I put some effort into it, I, we might not be down as bad. It was, I've seen Duke teams that did that, you know, yeah. the last couple of years. That, that you're just like you're watching. Like I don't know if you guys remember Trayvon Duvall, who was a point guard for Duke. He's a one and done. He couldn't he couldn't guard a an upturned broom with a bucket for a head that was dribbling a basketball. And as a line from Stanley from uh, from the office, uh, couldn't guard couldn't guard anybody. And I was I want to be like, how have you made it this far? And you can't you can't stop anybody off the dribble. That was really, that really stood out to me yesterday in that game. Like the only guy that showed up was Armando Baycott. Like he, yeah, I think he had not, like seventeen in the first half. Like he's the yeah. only reason they were even remotely close. Um, You're talking about their best, you know their best post player, uh, the the kid that transferred from West Virginia. I can't remember his name. Manic, huh? Are you talking about for Carolina? Oh, no. a Sheboy. Sheboy, yeah, Sheboy. He, you know, he kind of kept him in check. Uh, most of the game and got him in foul trouble. So I think, I mean, Armando Baycott's the only guy that showed up to play for, for mm -hmm. Carolina. Yeah, Rucker, you were talking about not really defending the three, not even getting out there, letting them shoot all day. So Carolina shot 7% oh, from three-point line. I don't know yeah, if you saw that. 13. Yeah, one of 13. And and I thought that was wild. And then I was almost more blown away that Kentucky, shooting a good amount of threes, shot 54% from three, which is like yeah. – that's a, that's a tough thing to do as a team for an entire game. Yeah, I mean, 54% as a team is – I mean, if a team even got close to averaging that, that would be a record in the in, in college basketball. I mean, it's yeah. insane. Um, so. and, and the thing, too, is Carolina averages uh, like eight and a half threes a game, like eight and a half th made threes a game. So they yeah. made one. So they – I mean, that's 21 points that they normally have from three-point line that they didn't have. Yeah, there can't be a team in the country that averages less than one three a game. So the fact – I mean, one three is – I mean, in today's game is 
yeah, it's going to be tough to win that way. But yeah, that yeah. was just, it was, and I picked Carolina. I honestly thought, I mean, Carolina, I, I didn't think Kentucky was, I, but they, they were originally remiss. supposed to play UCLA. Lost, yeah. Oh, that's UCLA. right. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it did so switch up. We weren't but ready. He, we weren't prepared. To, we were ready to play UCLA. And uh, who was Kentucky playing? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think it was anybody. So they were also not prepared to play Carolina. So you can't use that excuse. Anymore. I'm using that excuse. That you can't Carolina use it. I was so focused on UCLA that it, you were focused on them. Hubert, I think when they came out, Hubert Davis forgot to tell them they were playing Kentucky instead of UCLA. <laughs> what are so these guys doing? That's so Calipari. I actually think I think UCLA is a better team than Kentucky, though. I know that. I mean, maybe maybe after this so shell shocked when they came out and saw it was, it was Kentucky and not UCLA that we they just couldn't play that day. They were just like, "I'm coach, I can't trust you today." You told us, <laughs> I can't trust you. You, you can't told trust us we were playing UCLA. Hey, at least, at least they got to play a game. That's you know. That's true. Yeah. I think I'd a rather, lot of people were trying to get, um, really wanted that uh, Kentucky Iona matchup. Old, yeah, <clears throat> I would have liked oh, to have seen that. That'd have been cool. Yeah. Yep. I would like to have seen that, but like seen I'll, that I'll take Kentucky drilling Kentucky Carolina. In Carolina too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next topic is Clemson's dynasty over. Christian posed this, and uh, Clemson went nine and three this year. Uh, lost to Georgia first game of the year, and then lost to Pittsburgh, who actually ended up being not that terrible of a loss. Uh, Christian, since you posed the question, do you think Clemson's dynasty is over? So. Uh, this seems like a pretty big overreaction when you look at their season as a whole. You know, they ended up nine and three, which is not bad, especially when you're considering a loss to Georgia, which they only lost by a touchdown and only allowed 10 points, which is pretty impressive because Georgia's put up a lot of points this year. And then also a loss to Pittsburgh, who ended up winning the ACC, has a, you know, a top three Heisman candidate. Um, and then they ended up 19th in the country. Uh, but they did start out number three in the country. Uh, the first time they missed the ACC championship actually playing in the game since 2014. Uh, but then I started seeing how they lost both their offensive and their defensive coordinator this season in the, in the off season, you know, to, uh, to different, different openings, head coaching jobs. And which was what a, Venables, what Venables, the defensive coordinator, he was here all year. Yeah. Yeah. And then he yeah, went to Oklahoma. Oklahoma now. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't during the year though. No, I know. No, no. Yeah. He was there this year. Absolutely. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying though. I'm saying I, at first it didn't seem like it seemed that's like an overreaction, but then now you're seeing okay, now they lose both coordinators, and it's like okay, that's a red flag. Like that's going to be tough to replace. And then you look uh, and see that they replaced both guys with internal candidates. So hmm. a team like Clemson is high, high, high value as they've been over the last basically five or six years. You know, multiple championships. You would think that those kind of guys, that that kind of team, would be replacing their coordinators, at least one of them, with a big name candidate or someone, and, and to go internally with guys that no one's ever heard of. You know, I, that's not necessarily the end of the world, but it, maybe if I was a Clemson fan, I'd call, it caused a little concern in my mind that that Dabo didn't either didn't look at all into external coaches, or you know, thought that his guys were too good, or didn't want to lose any control. And so I, I don't think that their dynasty is necessarily over. I think they're still going to come back and be pretty good next year, but I think they're a team to watch. And I think that ultimately they're going to struggle going forward. And another thing is they're 17th in the, the upcoming uh, recruitment rankings, whereas they've been a top three or top five team the last five years as well. Yep. And they're not getting all these five stars that they normally get. And, yeah. And they're, and they're losing transfers and, 
So I don't think necessarily it's over and, you know, time to blow up ship already, obviously. I think that'd be a big overreaction. But I think this upcoming season going forward, it's going to be something to watch and keep an eye out on. I think I think I read somewhere that um, they've only in Dabo's most in Dabo's uh, tenure they've lost other than the two that they lost this year they've only lost one other coach like only one other coach has left which wow. which is pretty crazy considering just the coaching carousel that goes on almost every single year in college football and that you know like the Alabama like Alabama Georgia. Um, you know, almost every school that has had success has lost coordinators almost every year. Like Alabama, like Saban's replacing a defensive or an offensive coordinator almost every single year. You know, Georgia's had – Kirby's been there. I think they're on their third offensive coordinator and third defensive coordinator. So, I mean, for those guys to stay there that long, it's either telling that they're not good enough to go somewhere else or that Dabo is really good at, you know, retaining them. Um so, or let me let me put this scenario for you. You've yeah. been a head coach. Um, if you've got you're a head coach, and you've got to replace uh, your main assistant, which which was me, by the yeah. way, for a few years. So, would you want to would you know, would you replace it with somebody who's had a lot of success and really knows <clears throat> what they're doing and put it into that spot, or would you want somebody to like that's already an assistant for you move up? What would you want to happen? What I want, if I was a if I was a major um, college coach, I, I would at least. I, I mean, I don't even think reports came out that he looked like. I would at least. Well, here's here's look. the reason why I ask that. If if you, like you said, Dabo's only had a certain handful of coaches coach with him. Mm-hmm. What if he's afraid that somebody's going to come in and really kind of see what goes on there and really maybe he's just kind of pulled the wool over people's eyes here last with all this talent. Maybe he's not a great coach. And if he brings somebody in, that's going to expose those, that that's seen great coaching. Yeah. Is that going to look bad on Dabo? If I've, he brings I've, somebody also, in? I've also heard with, you know, along the same lines of the pulling the wool over people's eyes. I've also heard he um, is one of the biggest negative recruiters in the country. Like he, by what I mean by that is, um, talks like, bad about other teams. Yeah, he like like if there's a big five star guy that's between Clemson and Tennessee, he's gonna find ways to diss Tennessee to that recruit to make that recruit not want to go to Tennessee. Like I've heard, there's a lot of recruiters that won't do that. Like they'll just preach the praises of their program and their you know the city that they're in. But I've heard that Dabo is one of the biggest negative recruiters. Um, in college football, so I, I don't know if yeah. that has anything to do with people. Not that could, to yeah. To me, like I said, if if he's not willing to bring in outside people, yeah, maybe that maybe he doesn't want maybe he doesn't want that type of coach seeing yeah. what he's what he is and, maybe, and being having his toes stepped on. Yeah, makes well, and, and maybe and maybe if if that's also the case, maybe there's a lot of people out there that know how he is and don't want to coach with him. I think this is a pretty good eye-opening experience for those that like a couple years ago when when Clemson was rolling and they dominated Alabama the national championship and a lot of people were saying like is Davo Sweeney the the best coach in college football now like is Nick Saban's reign over like people were saying that it was time for Saban to retire and and even some that said that when he retires that Davo was going to take over at Alabama potentially and I think if anything this shows you 
the separation that Nick Saban still has from Dabo Sweeney. I mean, you just mentioned it, how many times they've had, he's Nick Saban's had assistants that have gone off to do good things. And although a lot of them have only one's ever beaten him, you know, he, he, he'll, he can have a different coordinator every year that he recruits from outside. that's had success, you know, yeah. whether it's a, a Steve Sarkeesian or, you know, who, whoever Lane. it may be that, yeah, Lane Kiffin for a couple of years. I mean, it, quick guys like that. And, and the fact that Dabo necessarily can't do that or doesn't feel that he can do that and that it may mess up his system, you know, makes you question how good of a system and how good of a coach and, and a stronghold he has on that organization at that point. Uh, you know, and the same thing with the negative recruiting. Like, I don't think Nick Saban negative re- recruits. I think he just says, hey, man, we're Alabama. Like, look at my resume. Look what we just did. This look last how many year. NFL guys I put yeah. in. Yeah. And so I just think it shows a little bit of, or not a little bit, a lot of separation between those two guys. Whereas a couple of years ago, it was, people thought the gap was kind of small. And I think that's, that, that was crazy. I think Dabo too has had a, I mean, obviously he's recruited these guys, but I think he's had a lot of success with quarterbacks as well. Like, um, he's just had every guy that he's recruited has panned out. Like there's guys that Alabama has recruited that haven't panned out. There's guys that Georgia has recruited that. I mean, every team has had quarterbacks like Tennessee has had a couple that they've recruited that are highly touted that, that haven't panned out. And every, almost every guy that's the man for Clemson has panned out. You could um, argue that this is the first Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. he's had a top tier quarterback that can get them. One can, is is really good and really athletic and and can just make plays can get them out of trouble like you could argue and, that this is the first year he hasn't had that and, yeah, and this and is the first year that they struggle sure. exactly yeah. so maybe that you know maybe you're right maybe if he doesn't have a st- absolute stud future nfl quarterback you know maybe he can't coach you know as well you know what i mean so that's that's a good point i mean this is the first year they've had a guy that's not been a Heisman candidate probably and you know, six or seven years, yeah, and, and they finally start struggling. So, yeah, it could be that's another interesting point too. Christian hit us with a quote of the week. All right, so quote of the week comes from the NBA, specifically Austin Rivers, who is with the uh, Denver Nuggets, and this is he, <laughs> and this this comes after the uh, Nuggets and Nets game was postponed due to COVID because of how many Brooklyn players were not going to be able to play. And so there were so many players that weren't going to be able to play that uh, at some point there was, I think there was only seven or eight, or I guess eight's the minimum. And there were yeah. so many stars from Brooklyn that weren't going to be able to play that the guys that they were going to be matched up against were just nobodies. And his quote is, we had to do a whole new scouting report. They're saying names that I didn't even know who I was guarding. I was guarding, I was guarding anonymous is what he said. <laughs> he said the only guys they knew were Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, and Blake Griffin. And he literally said, I was guarding, quote, anonymous. <laughs> I liked his chances, if that's what yeah. he's guarding. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy that, I mean, because I haven't seen it, and in, in really in high school basketball quite like the NBA and, and the NFL are doing. Like, it's almost – absurd how many guys are out because of COVID protocols right now. Yeah. I mean, and I'm post- trying, I'm trying not to be political on this. Uh, I'm not going to be, uh, but if you want to know, I, I follow Clay Travis a lot and on his views on things. So if you want to know kind of how I think, go follow Clay Travis on his views on the whole COVID organization. I don't know how you guys feel personally, 
I think he says a lot of things that need to be said, and not a lot of people are listening. A lot of, a lot of common sense things that he says. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree like about ninety percent of what he says. <laughs> not, I do too, most of the time. Maybe eighty-five um, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and a lot of a lot of the things he said is the, these guys are healthy athletes, and a lot of these people that are testing don't have any symptoms. They should be playing sports. And that's that's going to take away a lot of these cancellations. And like the thing with Memphis, you know, we, do you have to test them at 10 o'clock that morning but when, or, or at not 8 o'clock in the morning when the game's at 11? Also, no, you, you did yesterday. That Memphis game, they're, they're letting in 15,000 fans, 15 or 20,000 fans that they did not test into the game. Yes, exactly. I mean, how many of those people are either carriers or have it or – and and they're still and they're taking pictures with Memphis players after the game yeah. and now it's canceled. Like Amani Bates was yeah. taking, you know, countless pictures with fans with a congressman, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and a congressman, congressman with no mask on either. Either guy. <clears throat> yeah. So it just doesn't yeah. make it make sense. Is really the yeah to some of yeah, the yeah, makes any sense. I mean, there's I think they postponed two NFL games to one to another one Tuesday. to tomorrow night and then one to Tuesday night. Yep. Um, yep. Which actually helped my fantasy because I had Daryl Henderson and he was out because of COVID, but he's back now. So that actually that helps my <laughs> fantasy. So I appreciate that postponement <clears throat> NFL. That's why they did it for you. Somebody from the NFL listening to this. So if you're listening, I appreciate you postponing Roger, that game. Roger Goodell is listening. <laughs> Roger's yeah. listening. I appreciate yeah. you postponing that game so Daryl Henderson can, can be active and play on my team. Um, it's really – although I probably didn't need him, I, I had – uh, Travis Kelsey who had 41 points and a few other guys that, that went off. So um, I didn't and, actually need him, but I will need him next week probably. So. And, and for our listeners that were really questioning why Emory said Austin Rivers is a jerk, uh, he played at Duke for one year, and one of the biggest shots in Duke history, Austin Rivers hit a three to beat Carolina we were at, at the buzzer. We were watching it together, and I think Carolina was up by about nine with about two and a half or three minutes left, and Duke just kept making the shot, making the shot, making the shot, and then uh, they were down. They were the only down screen. one, I think, and they got a high ball screen that got Zeller on the Rivers. Tyler Zeller. He had and he, 6'11 and had both hands down. Yep, both hands down, and he pulled up three in the face. And, and that, that was awesome. Down. That was awesome. So that's why Emory says jerk for Austin Rivers. I think well I think he's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a jerk because of that. And I think he's just a jerk in real life too. No, he may be. He may be. I don't know about his real life. But how are you Tyler Zeller? You're six eleven. that's the time's winding down and you have both hands by your side. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. Roy Williams was yelling hand up like I do at the end of every <laughs> quarter to my guys. I don't know how I don't know how much perimeter defense outside the three point line that Tyler Zeller had uh, had participated in throughout the season. To be fair, probably none. Yeah, probably none. Probably none. Yeah, I think he was past the three point line and went way Zilla. past it. It was deep. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to our draft. Uh, we're gonna do NBA best NBA starting five, in, current NBA starting five, and we decided that uh, we weren't gonna do like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center because the a lot of these guys can. can play multiple positions. Like a you know a LeBron. Can, he can play all five. Yes. Um, so we so we didn't put – here's your point guard. We're just going to pick five. Oh. Danny Freeze. Yep. Can you hear us, Rucker? Well, like he was saying, we're just picking, picking the best overall five players. We're going to try to keep it a little bit reasonable. We're not going to have, like, you know, LeBron at the one, Kevin Durant at the five kind of thing. But uh, we're not sticking to a strict one-point guard – you know, one shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center kind of setup. We're just going to go best overall five players. 
there's just not that many before Dino Danny hopefully hops on here in a second. It'd be hard to draft without him, but there's just <laughs> not that many. When we were talking about it and uh Danny said you have to pick a true center. There's not really that no but I think of true centers. I'm thinking of uh like Hakeem, Shaq, David Robinson, like there's just not that many true centers left in the NBA no. the way the game is has uh changed. So um yeah. You think back to our our uh, SEC player draft when we did the best starting five, and I think you got Shaq and he got yep. he got Anthony Davis, which means yeah. that I had to bypass about 150 SEC basketball <laughs> players of all time, yeah. so I could pick uh, Al Horford because yeah. I had to have a true center. So yeah, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to keep it a little more even here uh, and make sure that we're getting the best overall talent and and creating this top five players. Um, hopefully, Rucker can uh, rejoin us here soon he's, he's out in where's where well where i think it's close to where's valley out in the middle of nowhere yeah on, uh, i think he's on high speed satellite internet HughesNet, maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah, i, I can tell he, you when he gets back on we'll have to it's something weird it's like something uh out in the, it's like out in the holler net or something yeah like <laughs> i was about to say i can tell you it's not HughesNet because if it was HughesNet, he'd be filming at his parents oh there he oh, is right there yeah. there he is can you hear us rucker your, have you made your pick yet we, no, no we, I think Emory's first, uh, I think, but we were, we were just <laughs> using that internet. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have, I actually have Hollernet, and it's so never really, that, is it actually it's called Hollernet? Hollernet. Shut yeah. up. It's actually but called But it's Hollernet. pretty good internet. Like, it's called, it's called Hollernet. It's pretty good internet. So I don't know why it just all of a sudden just kicks me out for a minute. And I'm you sitting here talking. Over. I was talking to, when did, when you, did you guys stop hearing, when, when did you stop hearing me? Basically, as soon as you start talking about, how we're not going to pick position specific. And then we, <laughs> we, we well, I talked for like a good minute and a half after that. <laughs> yeah. We, we, so we we're broke not... it, yeah, we broke it down for you. And we talked about how the sec player draft, where we were having a draft Al Horford. Yeah. And by, so, yeah, we, but we, yeah, we, we've talked about, about the, there's not that many true centers. So, yeah. So you're hard. telling me that we're ready to start this draft. We're ready. Oh, yeah. I think is it Emory, yeah, I Emory number one pick. Emory has the number one pick. I got the Greek freak. Go with Giannis first. Go with Giannis first. He's very versatile. So, reigning MVP, reigning NBA champ, going with the freak. All right. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant next. Oh. Second pick. AD. Hmm? Wow. Well, uh, I didn't expect to have this guy at number three, but – as much as I can't stand them. You know, actually, I'm not even going to pick him at three. You can pick him at four. <laughs> I'm going to pick him at four. <laughs> just to show him how I feel. So, I'm going to go with my third pick. And, uh, man, this is, I think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my gut on this one. I'm going to go with my third pick, or my first pick, sorry, third pick of the draft. I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Oh, solid pick, three-point yep. specialist. And then I'm going to follow it up with uh, this other guy, LeBron James. Okay, next pick. <laughs> I'll, Christian, I, I don't like him personally, but he's he's top two in the league. Top, I mean, arguably top three. I, I had him also on my top If he was top, top two, list. you should have picked him second, right? Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a Kevin Durant guy. I got to go with Durant yeah. instead of LeBron. Uh, my second pick, which is fifth overall, I'm going with Luka. Luca is a uh, MVP waiting to happen. I'm gonna win Aaron Gwynn's vote right here too because he's a Luca guy. Luca, 
Right. Next two picks, Emery. Next two. I'm going to go with uh, the jokester, Jokic. Um, and Joe, Jokic is the reigning MVP. I said Giannis, he is. Jokic. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. And then I'm also going to go with uh, – these are if these guys are healthy, right, and playing. Yeah, well, we'll – No, I mean – Oh. Because, uh, like, I mean, some of these people have been – like LeBron's been, he's only played 18 games. I was, I was thinking current NBA players, and no matter if they're healthy or not, like yeah. today, yes, if I'm they were healthy today, they'd be playing in the league. Yeah, yes. today, yeah, healthy. Yes. I assume they're healthy in their in today's talent. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Kawhi then. Yeah. Good pick. Because he's, I mean, if he doesn't have a torn ACL, he's he's averaging 25 and eight right now. Yeah. And the best defender in the league. Yep. All right, up next, I'm going to go with one that maybe could be considered a true center. We actually mentioned that on a podcast earlier. I'm going with Joel Embiid. So I almost went hard. He's hard to defend in, yes. on the perimeter and in the paint. That's why I'll be honest to guard him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was going to pick Jokic and Joel, but I was like, man, I've got that'd be I'd be very front court heavy. Yep. Oh, we'd press the crap out of you. My team would. We just throw it and keep the ball high. We just keep it high. All right, Christian, next two picks. I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. It's my next pick. Terrible pick. <laughs> had him way down on my list. I did too. He's had a bad year. Well, he's he's still pretty. I mean, he's, 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 he's unhealthy is what it is, his biggest thing. And then for my next one, man, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Tatum. Okay. Rucker, you on there? We lose Rucker again. Oh my gosh! That holler net. Holler net. Gosh, man. He's got to upgrade. He's got to. I had to upgrade my speed. He's got to upgrade his speed on this or something. They get two satellites. She's gonna run a podcast out there. All right, I just text him, told him to text us his next pick. Yeah, he's gonna. I wonder if it's the fact that he's doing it out of a different room than he normally does. That might be it. He's too far away from the satellite. Too too far away from the. He's he's down there way too far in the holler. It's, we've already picked. I've already picked four, haven't I? How, how many do you have already? Yeah, I've got three. So you got three. When, I'll, I'll, when I get comes back to me, I'll have two picks. And he'll... All right. Yeah, he's falling off there completely. He's gone. He's gone. <clears throat> Second time. I think we should document a. a a draft pick. Yeah, he just he just texts us. I, I will say this. I'll go ahead and throw this out here. I mean, I want to throw this on the podcast at some point. So uh, it's it's a little it's a back and forth comment thing I saw uh, talking about Georgia fans. So it's it's from a Georgia fan. Okay. And, and he's talking to Santa. Okay. He says. Yeah. He says Santa for Christmas I want a unicorn. Okay. And Santa yeah. comes back and he says he responds. He says be realistic. And then the Georgia fan shakes his head and he's like, all right. He's like, all I want. 
I want Twitter folks to stop saying 1980. Realize it's just a game and not bash my team anymore. And Santa replied with, what color unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. good. Rucker, can you hear us? Yeah, did y'all hear my pick? No. No, we did not. No, Paul, we've been Paul telling, George, we've been we're going to have to speed this thing up. My internet is, is out of whack. I'm I Paul George. All right, Paul George. We started telling jokes on here while we were waiting for you. So Yeah, we were yeah. mainly about you. And hollering. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm sure it'll make for good TV. <laughs> I've got two, right? Yep. Yep. I'm going to go uh, Chris Paul. Good pick. Chris Paul. And my last pick. Last pick, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Hey, I was I thought about putting Booker on mine. <clears throat> you also hear me? Yep. Yeah, we hear you. All right, I'm gonna have to say that every 15 seconds to make sure <laughs> that I'm still on there. All right, so I I've gone. Like changing the rooms every time you, you. Yeah, I don't know what it is today. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are still keeping it going. Yeah, we are. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> You know, even though I have Luca, he's he's a point guard. I'm gonna go Trey Young as my last pick. You know, he is second in the league in scoring right now and third in assists. It's okay, Chris Paul. And, and he's one of the top, I think, fifteen in a three point percentage right now. So I'm going with Trey Young. I go That's Luca okay. as my Luca's my two, George my three, Durant my four, Embiid my five. Sorry, Chris Paul showed him down. Chris, Christian, last pick. Rucker, can you just remind me? I think I've got so I've got LeBron, Steph, Curry. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum. Terrible okay. team. I can't believe that we've <laughs> <laughs> we've got one guy that we got two guys that are pretty high up here that we still don't have, and one of them I don't like. The other one's God, man, I don't know which one I want to go with. Oh, here. Hold on, see, let me see the one you don't like that's high up there. He's number uh, 11 on, on this list. And the other guy that we haven't picked is number seven on this list. And I'm kind of surprised. What, list? Picked what list are you talking about? This is CBS. Oh. Yeah, I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to go with that list. And, He's talking uh, about Westbrook and Harden. Uh, and I would not pick either one of those guys to be on my team. Yeah, I'm do you actually, have those two? No, is it's actually not. About? Westbrook's not one of them. Harden was one of them, but the other yeah. one's not. I I'm going to go with the other. I'm going to go with the other guy instead. I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. The one you trashed a couple trashed weeks ago. <laughs> I, I, listen, I've got I've got Lillard and LeBron on my team. I can't believe you guys have made me do this. I don't even like my own team. Look, I'm gonna I get, I get, my own team if I'm I get picking LeBron. You've got to pick him at where you at where you were at. But Lillard, I don't know about that, especially after you trashed him a couple weeks ago. Guys, I mean, I mean, we did a whole segment on Damian Lillard. You trashing yeah. him? Yeah. I mean, you I mean, you got you, you Mar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Carl Anthony Towns still out there. Bradley Beal. Jimmy Butler. You could put Towns. You already went with Lillard, though. Sorry. You could have put Towns at the five, Davis at the four. Man, that was right there for you. I, I just think – I think Carl Anthony Towns is even more overrated than Damian Lillard. Oh, Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns just uh, played bully ball against Anthony Davis the other day. Did y'all see that? Manned him up and then called him tiny. No, I, I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't see that because it's. I didn't watch one of the three games that Carlin Jones plays on television throughout the season, <laughs> or one of the three games. I'll that tell you won. what. The the Timberwolves are going to be a team to beat here coming up. They got uh, who's the 
Anthony, what's his Anthony name? Edwards. Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. You still got Russell that's playing well. You got Towns. You got Kevin Garnett. You got Kevin McHale. I mean, those guys <laughs> right there, at least those next yeah. five will be pretty good. <laughs> Who? Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell, yeah. All right, so recap. Emory has Giannis, Jokic, Kawhi, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker. I have Durant, Luka, Embiid, Paul George, Trey Young. Christian has Steph, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Tatum, and Damian Lillard. We're going to post that on Twitter. Christian, uh, see. by far, again, has the worst team. Which doesn't matter. We'll We've already seen that it does we'll, not we'll matter. See. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I think I've got the most established team. You guys got a couple yeah. – Couple younger guys, but I although I like them, so we'll yeah, see. we've seen that it does not matter how good the actual drafts are. All that matters is I have three right. I have three MVPs on my team. Yeah, Devin, Devin Booker's your younger guy. You could argue he hasn't really. He just, went, he just went to the NBA championship. Yeah, I mean, we lost <laughs> to what to, then, what to your number one guy. Yeah, and then and then you got Trey Young who. I, trust me, I'm not. I'm not bashing. I'm just saying. I think if if we get some guys who don't know the NBA as well as maybe we do, then I think maybe my star-studded. LeBron's pick. lost six times. So you're you you're go. right, but I was debating on either Trey Young or DeRozan, and I feel like a lot. I feel like Trey Young is but, more recognizable than DeRozan. Much, much more recognizable. I don't think. De- Even though I think DeRozan's one of the best players in the he, league, he's very. I don't underrated. think a lot of the people around here really really understand how good he is. He take three steps back. If he take three step backs, three steps back and start shooting some threes, he might be a little flashier. And the same for Donovan Mitchell too. I mean, he plays in Utah, so a lot of people don't really understand how good he is either. So I'm trying to go with the Atlanta vote for our Atlanta listeners. Uh, try to get Trey Young uh, some some pub there. Pick Ja Morant. Somebody should have picked Ja. Yeah, he's good too. Hey, we, hey Memphis hey. is ten and ten and one in the last eleven games without yeah. Ja Morant. Yeah, but he's out. still rather have John Morant. He's coaching now. He's on the side <laughs> coach. No, trust right. me. I, 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 mean, I, don't, I don't blame you, but 10 and 1 without John Morant's pretty, I mean, and they were a lot worse with him. So, you, I mean, just something to point out. I like John Morant, though. I think he's really good, but that's interesting over there in Memphis. Yeah. Should have picked the bonus. No. He's, like he's, he's second team. Who else do we have? We, we had enough guys to pick two teams. I had just those ones that I. I left off Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy Butler as well, Donovan yep. Mitchell, Chris Middleton, Rudy Gobert, Jalen Brown. Since he's coming back, yeah, but I didn't obviously. Jamal Murray, Westbrook, McCollum, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. We could have done this. We could have three teams. Yeah. Yep. All right, moving on to the big game sponsored by Tennessee Cider Company. We got Arizona Wildcats and Tennessee Volunteers. Day. Christian, you're a Tennessee guy. How do you see this one playing out? It's, it's in Knoxville, and uh, I didn't know a lot about Arizona. Other, yeah, I didn't know a lot about Arizona other than that they're 11 and 0. Um, but their only ranked win, or arguably a very notable win, was against Michigan, who even our hobnail segment Carolina demolished earlier this season. Yeah. So you could argue that their only real quality win was a team that's not that great. So I don't think well, they also beat Illinois on the road. Yeah, Illinois was one of the top teams in the country last year. They didn't lose many people, um, so that's that's also a big win that they had. I think recently, have Michigan, Illinois. Yeah, is, is yep. Illinois is Illinois ranked right now? They're not ranked, They're not. but they, I know they've got all their. They I don't think they lost anybody from last also, year. Also, Tennessee's 
only really notable win is Carolina, and you just said Carolina wasn't very good. Yeah, and that's not looking very good. Now, so it's really hard to gauge how good each team is yet. Almost, you know, this is the – You just played yourself, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> you I played feel, yourself. I feel confident in my analysis here. And uh, the fact that it's in Knoxville and that I don't think Arizona's had a true test and the fact that I think Tennessee – comes out motivated after the absolute debacle that was uh, Memphis and Penny Hardaway this last week. Uh, and this is their next game. So they, they've not played since then, and they don't play until Arizona. So I think because of that, they come ready to play. Uh, they're a little more uh, battle-challenged, um, and they play in a tougher tougher conference overall. And so because of that, I think Tennessee ends up winning by about six. I also have Tennessee winning this, uh, pulling the upset at home. Like I said, it's kind of hard to gauge how good each team yet is right now. Yep. They're actually they're um, actually favored right now. Tennessee to, is. Yeah, so it's actually not even an upset. Yeah. So I think it's a chance for them to get a big time win, especially after you know they're they're pretty rested because they didn't get to play. Even though they played an inner squad, they really didn't get to play on Saturday. I think Tennessee's going to pull the upset at home. They play well at home. Although Arizona plays well on the road, but I'm still going to pick Tennessee on this one. Christian, what would you say Tennessee's weakest uh, position is? Uh, probably their big guys. Um, and it's not necessarily a lack of talent. It's more of a – I actually think a little bit falls on Coach Coach Barnes and maybe forcing some guys that maybe shouldn't be playing as much. They've got uh, some some freshmen that should probably be getting more minutes uh, that I think would when they when they play, they make a big difference. They play a lot harder. They usually produce a lot more, and their plus minus is a lot better. Um, and there's some guys that need to be pushed out of the rotation um, because of that. But I also think their big one of their bigger weaknesses is they if they're not rolling and getting offensive production consistently and almost easily, they start hanging out at the three point line, and they start trying to live and die by the three. And more times than not, unfortunately especially when they're struggling offensively, they're dying by the three. So that's their two biggest struggles there is their rotational well, big guys and they're dying by the three, basically. And that's why Arizona is going to beat Tennessee this weekend or when, whenever the game is because Arizona's Wednesday. strong point is their two big guys. They've got a 6'11 guy and a 7'1 guy. The 6'11 guys, they're both uh, from overseas. 6'11 guys averaging 16 and 7. 7'1 guys averaging 14 and 7. And – they're averaging, I think, more than all the Tennessee big guys put together, points-wise. So that's why, I mean, I really like Rick Barnes, but I think uh, Arizona wins this um, because they Tennessee's going to struggle to guard their big guys. Um, Arizona's averaging 91 points per game. I know they haven't been tested, but that's, I mean, that's 91 points is 91 points. Um, and you could say, well, you know, maybe they're giving up a lot of points. They're only giving up. <clears throat> Uh, 63 points a game, which Tennessee, I think, is one of the best defensive teams um, year in and year out in the country. And they're just giving 50 up, so the, 58 up. So they're only giving up five more points per game than Tennessee. Um, Arizona also has four guys in double figures. Tennessee has two. Um, I, I think Arizona wins this game, even though Tennessee's favored. So Christian and I go with Tennessee, Arizona uh, is Emory's pick. Uh, last segment, we're going to throw some cheddar here. We're doing a little bit different throwing cheddar segment here. We usually pick some upcoming games where we decided to go uh, with some NFL um, NFL picks here towards the end of the season. Um, so we're going to see who, who do you guys think is going to be in the Super Bowl and who's going to win. And Emory, who do you think? I've got uh, – even though I really uh, – 
don't like their quarterback. I'm going to go um, in the NFC. I'm going to go Green Bay. In the AFC, I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City. Green Bay and Kansas City. That's exactly who I have. Who do you have winning it? <laughs> uh, I have Green Bay winning it. I do too. Did you see mine? I did not see yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Christian, what do you I, have? Hopefully, it's I, different. I'm so dis- I'm so disappointed <laughs> that I also have the exact same pick. <laughs> no, you don't. I, I swear. I I mean, oh, I God. I thought for sure that you all would put the Bucks, and no. I basically I decided that Green Bay has a better defense than the Bucks. And that they're they're way. I think they're gonna they're more consistent than Dallas, Arizona, L.A. That's their competition there on that side. And yeah. then Kansas City, I, I think they're a lock for the Super Bowl. I know that sounds crazy, but the only other team that really is giving them a ton of you know competition right now is first at the top that looks good is New England, and that's the only team that's really got any deep playoff experience. But they've got Mac Jones, who week in and week out, even though he's doing well, he has a lot of rookie moments. Yeah. And so because of that, I think Kansas City's a lock, and I think Green Bay ends up getting in there, I, and I think Green Bay I wins. Think in the AFC, I think in the AFC, the, the team that gives Kansas City the most trouble is the Chargers. You think so? Yeah, I mean, they've, they should have, in my opinion, they should have won last game. If they kicked field goals early on, they win that game. And then they beat them earlier in the season. So if, Kansas, if the Chargers can get in the playoffs and are on the opposite side of Kansas City, I mean, I think that's the team, um, if they can make it to the AFC Championship, that is going to have – going to give uh, – Kansas City, the most most problems. They're going to have a tougher road than uh, than Kansas Kansas City, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. quite, quite a bit tougher. Now. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. That's that's why I think they they may, they may struggle. They may be battle worn by the time they get to to Possibly, that point. Yeah. So, for our listeners, you've heard it: a Chiefs Packers prediction. So, be prepared for a a Buccaneers Chargers Super Bowl. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, MVP pick. Who do you who do you have, Christian? I've got Tom Brady. I know he's the Heisman or the, sorry, the, not the Heisman hope. He's the, the front runner right now. I think that Aaron Rodgers probably would have had a chance to catch up at this rate, but unfortunately, Brady finishes the season against the Panthers two times and the Jets. So I have a feeling he's going to roll and he's going to throw for a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards, and it's going to be too much for Rodgers to catch up at. And Tom and Brady's already in. leading in yards and touchdowns. By a lot. I think he's got and like almost 800 yards. The, yeah, and they've got tied for the first place team in the in yeah. the NFC. So I, I agree with you on that. Emory, did you have the same? I also had Brady, but I, I really looked at uh, Jonathan Taylor, too. I think he's kind of carried the Colts. I, I'm the same way I had him at second. He's got almost he's got over almost 1,900 all-purpose yards, not really all-purpose, but uh, receiving and rushing combined. Yeah. 15 uh, rushing touchdowns, and he's uh, he's he's he is carrying Indianapolis in oh, there. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you know what's crazy? I was looking at that. Um, you know who I think would be a would be the MVP candidate if he didn't get hurt. Who's that? Derrick Henry. Henry. He's still fourth in rushing in the NFL, and he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't played in like five weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's still he's still fourth in rush like total rushing yards in you, NFL. You could so argue if if you, you he could argue they'd be the top third. team in the in the AFC right now too. They'd be the top team in the AFC, and he's the leading MVP candidate by far. Yep. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, yeah, they're um, one so game one game out of out of first place in the AFC, and they've dropped two or three already since he's been out that they shouldn't yep. have lost, and they wouldn't have lost if he was there. Absolutely, they could have a two-game lead in the entire AFC right now. So yeah, I think you're probably right. He he'd be up there. Is he supposed to come back during the playoffs? I haven't heard recently, but um, that was the initial prediction. Yeah. I just don't know if that'll be the case because I've not heard anything recent. I think they're wanting him back, but if 
if the passing game for Tennessee is like it has been, it's not going to matter if he's there or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, just health. I mean, injuries too. I mean, they've had yeah. AJ Brown and Julio Jones have been. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have their top receivers. They don't have Henry. So if it's, yeah. it's not just Henry, they need they need everybody yeah. Yeah. full strength. Yeah, I think they're they're going to be one of the teams to beat. It's, I think I I would look forward to a Chiefs Titans uh, AFC Championship like last year. But if they don't get those guys back, it's going to be Chiefs rolling. Yeah. Uh, greatest risk to miss the playoffs like somebody that's either in the playoff hunt right now or maybe just on the outside looking in um for the afc uh christian who do you have for you said start with the afc yeah for the afc i actually have the Bengals, and they're currently in as of if in it today uh and they own the it's they're they're basically battling it out with the ravens um, but they're they own the tiebreaker against the Ravens too. They beat them twice, so that means that they they actually have the advantage here because they both have the same record. But I think they lose two of their last four games. Um, and I don't know if you guys watched any of the Ravens game earlier, um, but their their backup uh, Tyler Hunt, Huntley, yeah, Tyler Huntley was actually the first time it's the first time in Ravens history a quarterback's ever had two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns in the same game. And that includes Lamar Jackson's time. And he did against Green Bay, which is arguably the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. So even without – I think even if Lamar has to miss another week, I think that they're they're really good. I think they're going to end up winning three out of four. The Bengals win two out of four. And because of that, they end up jumping ahead of them. And the Bengals – It's pretty crazy. Dude. The Ravens lost their, like, top three running backs before the season even started. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, and they're still doing pretty well. So I think because of that, the Bengals are going to get knocked out. And Baker's going to choke like he always does. Emory, who do you think from the AFC? Uh, I, I kind of went with, um, like, surprises. Uh, that's kind of what I – so, like, St- the Steelers, um, they played so well last year. Um, I know that Juju is out, um, but just thought the Steelers would uh, make the playoffs. But I think they end the season with the Browns and the Ravens. And there's one more team that's in there that's pretty good, so I don't, I don't think they make the playoffs. And I also thought uh, Cody Dixon's team, the Raiders, would be really good this year, and they have not been very good at all. They're, I think they're 5-8 right. and eight and have really they're, no shot. The they were doing, so doing was, really well before Gruden got kicked out. Yeah, so I, I think um, that was kind of my – I thought the Raiders were going to be, especially early on, we're going to be um, – we're going to be a lock for the playoffs, and they absolutely are not. Yeah, I've got actually on mine, I've got like a – not really, I don't know if they're at danger of missing, but they need to watch out. It's actually who you mentioned, uh, Christian, it's the Chargers. They've got three games left, and two of them are against the Raiders and the Broncos, and the Broncos are just behind them. And even though the Raiders are fourth in that division – they're only two games behind the Chargers. So two of the Chargers' next three games are against tough district or tough conference opponents in or in their division Visions. that they could uh they could get them if they don't if they're not careful and playing their A game and completely miss yeah. the playoffs. I think they're six right now. That'd be uh, bad. But they are they're very capable of being the one of the top couple of teams. But if they don't take care of business, they could not see the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so what about the NFC? Uh, I'll start with mine. I've got the 49ers. Uh, they could they could miss. They've got the Titans and the Rams two of their last three weeks, and uh, they're I think they're like right there at the six or seven spot, and uh, they could be on the outside looking in if they don't kind of kind of same way with the Chargers here. If they don't take care of their business, they could be looking out and they're and they're a pretty good team. I've got I've actually got the Vikings who have been a really inconsistent team all year. They've had some great wins and some really bad losses, and right now they're tied. And that they'd be they'd be in if it or that sorry they'd be out if it ended today because they're tied with Washington. 
but they their last three weeks they play the Packers and the Rams out of those games, and so I think they're going to drop both those games, and they're just not going to have enough juice. And I think even though the Niners are at risk and some other teams up there, I think because the Vikings will have as such tough schedule, it's not going to matter, and they're going to unfortunately get knocked out, even though they're probably a lot more talented than the Washington football team. Yeah, I also had the the Vikings um, for for pretty much the same reasons. Um, I think there's sometimes the they're just too inconsistent uh, offensively. I think Kirk Cousins is either really really good or really really bad. There's like no no in between. So I had uh, I had the Vikings as well. I just think that I think the the NFC is a little bit more clear cut too. I think in the AFC there's like six or seven teams that are either eight and five or seven and six, which is pretty pretty wild. Like it, there's so many scenarios that uh, could happen in that AFC playoff. I think the NFC is more clear cut. Um, I'm just proud that the Falcons who could might have the worst roster in the NFL um, have won six games somehow this year. Um, and I'm pretty impressed that Matt Ryan somehow doesn't have his uh, best wide receiver and a wide receiver basically playing running back for them. He's got the Swiss army knife of football though. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is. That was a quote of the week. Uh, by the way, wasn't didn't you didn't you have him as a quarter of the week? Yeah, his talking about his mom working, working oh, three yeah. three jobs so he can he can play three positions. He can play three yeah. positions, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm just proud of the Falcons for winning six games this year so far. So, yeah, there you go. They got throttled by the 49ers today, though. I think the the biggest surprise, and I'll, I'll and I know where this is part of it, but the biggest surprise I think to me is the Colts. I mean, I basically I think when when Derrick Henry got hurt. We basically said, okay, they basically just have to not screw it up, and they're going to win their division, yeah. get in there, be at the top. And the you know, curse. they've already beaten the Colts twice. It's, you know, it's, they have no chance. The Colts have been rolling, and uh, you know, it's it's crazy. This you think about this Colts team and this roster they've had over the last few years, and they've still done okay. And imagine what they would have been if Andrew Luck didn't prematurely retire. I mean, yeah. if I was a Colts fan, which I know we have a couple that listen, I know Todd Ogle specifically. Uh, always talks about what ifs with uh, Andrew Luck because of how good their offensive line and some of the talent they've had. And now Jonathan Taylor makes you think, man, that just imagine. Did they have so. 170 yards yesterday? I think so. 170 rushing yards, I believe. Yeah, he's unbelievable. A, he's a monster. All right, guys. So we're almost finished with our uh, podcast. I'm going to talk about the um, – we called it the uh, fade of the week. I decided to call it double fade parlay. And after thinking about it, now I picked four legs yesterday, and all four of those legs <laughs> lost. And it's so kind of a quad, test, just, just kind of a testament to how bad I am at parlays. I'm just going to call this the fade rucker parlay, and I'm going to pick four legs. And you can choose which ones to fade, or if you want to stick with mine, that's fine. But if you fade two or more legs and win, I want you to send us a screenshot of that on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, even looking at giving out some prizes for that. I'm looking at ordering some decals with our logo. And uh, if you you know, if you know, fade two legs or more and win that parlay, uh, may be eligible for some prizes. You guys think that's a pretty good deal for, for people? Pretty yeah. Solid deal. yeah, I agree. Is this yeah, going to be a uh, it, yeah, same game parlay, okay. four legs. So, um, if you faded, I, I don't want to cheat somebody because if they might, if they hate all four of my legs, and they want to fade all four and win, I, I think they should be able to do that. So I don't want to say pick two, fade two. If they I, if, if they fade all four of your legs and win, 
We should, we should <laughs> they would have done yesterday. We should give them a T-shirt. That's pretty important. We got to get the T-shirts made first. I'm still looking at that too. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm calling it the fade record parlay, and I'm going to pick one tomorrow for the Browns and Raiders game. But a lot of the lines are not up just because they don't know who's going to play in that game yet. So as soon as I see it, I'm going to I'm going to post it, and then you guys out there can uh, pick see which one you would. Uh, what what four leg parlay you would make out of that? Either going with my picks or fading those picks, and uh, see if you you can win that. Also, we're going to be coming live not Wednesday this week, but Thursday, <coughs> December twenty third. We're going to be live. We've got a guest coming on. We've got Alex Bowers, who is currently the Gatlinburg Pittman Junior High girls coach, but he used to coach uh, Knoxville Catholic girls big time. In this, the the uh, Tennessee Flight AAU program. He's going to be with us on Thursday. Uh, at 9.30, we're, we're going to be doing a live cast on that one on Twitter and Facebook. So before we close out, anything you guys have uh, to mention? Uh, just uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, continue to get get other people, you know, mention it to your friends, your family, um, any, any way to get the word out to uh, to uh, other listeners. Um, if you've you know, if you got suggestions, we do have an email. I don't know if it's posted. Maybe post, we should post that again. You DM us, uh, just straight tweet us. You know, we, we're we're happy to listen to any of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Just echoing that same stuff, and yeah, definitely tune in to next week's episode. Uh, Bowers going to be on, and I had the uh, the pleasure of, of being coached by Bowers my freshman year, high school, and I've got some interesting stories uh, to, to talk about with that as well. So, looking forward. To that should be a pretty entertaining episode. Get a lot of insight from him into the uh, local high school girls uh, basketball. Uh, set up so uh, yeah just to stay tuned in really looking forward to those stories because you told us one uh, last week we were mentioning having Alex on so I'm really looking forward to hearing his takes on this um, with you as one of his actually you know he and I and Emory all have that in common is that we got to be your coach he was your coach first so I'm really looking forward to how you were as a freshman because I didn't coach till the next year. So I'm looking forward to how that's going to play out. I think um, coach until you quit. So maybe that's, maybe I'm <laughs> he'd had enough yeah. of your crap. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Bowers, Bowers molded quick, me and you all destroyed me. Quick story, uh, quick story on the Christian quitting. Uh, I walk into the gym right before practice is starting and uh, Christian sitting in the far bleachers at Seymour, just like working on something out of like a chemistry book or something. Yeah. Nah. I said, Christian, you're not, you're not feeling good today. Nope. I quit. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. We're gonna get ready for practice. So I, guess. I think it was. I think I it was about, see I think maybe it was I'll about see out. three days. Maybe, three maybe days we'll start before, a podcast in ten years. Yeah. <laughs> three, three days before Christmas break. I think I, I still had a uh, I had Rucker as a uh, I, I think I was his TA in uh, your I think so. You're reading 180 class. So I guess right. right there in the mornings. I think we had a few awkward last mornings of uh, <laughs> of that last semester too. I don't I don't know if it was awkward just because. As a coach, you can sense when somebody's about to quit. <laughs> I think I could sense that you were no longer going to be on that team. So I, I, I didn't really. Uh, yeah, I think we had six guys quit that season. Just, I didn't just, really, just in case you all weren't keeping track. I kind of expected it, but at the same time, you were. Yeah, you were my like teacher's assistant for one of my classes. So I was like, when you quit, I was like, I'm still not going to treat him any differently. He didn't do anything to me, so I'm not going to really talk to him any differently than. differently from then on. No. Yeah, I think I I will say I think I was the sixth and final person to quit on that team. Maybe I don't know who who knows. I just don't, I don't remember a lot. either. I don't remember either. Good times. Good times. Hey, but now we're all in this together. Now. Hey, we're back together. We reunited. Right. Yeah. Got the band. Got the band back together. <laughs> <laughs>
Actually, that's I mean to tell you guys, I'm actually going to quit this podcast. <laughs> now that's getting close to Christmas break. I thought, that yeah. was you over, I thought that was you sitting over in the bleachers just you know, before, before this. Hey, yeah. it's three days before Christmas break. So exactly. Perfect time. Perfect time. Rock Christian's MO is to quit right before Christmas. It yeah. makes sense now. Sorry. Deja vu, guys. Sorry. All right, so that's going to conclude episode 15. Like I said, we're going to have Alex Bowers on next or uh, this coming Thursday. Uh, be looking out, be looking out for our Twitter polls um, that we're going to post on. Make sure you vote on the on our NBA starting five, and we'll see you back Thursday on with a live cast on Twitter and Facebook.